What up? And welcome back to the Stellar Seller Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Len Enos Jr. Alongside Matthew Souza. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? It's week four. It's week four. Doesn't sound real. And it doesn't sound real. But I was going to say, as you notice, Mason's on here. He couldn't handle the defeat that he had this week against Panacho in the Westport League. He hasn't shown his face. Haven't heard from him since Sunday. It's just uh, it's taking a toll out of him. And honestly, I'm worried for him. I, I put it, you know, I, I put a wellness check out for him. Nothing. So I Nothing. don't know if we'll ever see his face again. I don't know if. Uh, you see, the thing is, when we play fantasy football, it's supposed to be enjoyable. You're supposed to have fun with your friends. But sometimes it can go a little bit too far. And for Mason, I think this, this week just hit him too far. Imagine having Matt Collins on yeah. your team. Out of nowhere, get you 29 and a half points in fantasy, and you still lost. I mean, he put up a great week, a week that would have been all but two people this week, uh, all but three people. And that's out of 14 or 13, if you're not including Mason. So 10 people he could have beaten this week, but he got matched up against Lamar Jackson, who yet again scored 40 points. And that's tough to go against. Do you think this is a new Mason, or do you think this is same old Mason? This um the jury's still out i like to say it's new mason because he actually has a he has a good team i think he's he's made some good moves i mean the christian kirk play was is working out wonderfully he's got mark andrews doing well for him um he has hopkins in the in his back pocket that could be something later on i think his his record will even out um i think but if it doesn't because he runs into bad luck like this week, then it's still the same old Mason. Do you think – what do you think of the top five teams in our league right now? Who do I think they are? Yeah. Well, let's go to our uh, week three power ranking, shall we? Oh, shit. Let's check them out. <laughs> I knew I had to go grocery shopping. Let's see. Week three power rankings. Well, according to my list here, um, I cracked the top five. We got Gomes, Amaral, Brendan, Zach, me, and Craig above Panacho. So here's the thing. I have a whole – after I got stupid amounts of shit last year for my power rankings of, oh, this just doesn't make sense because I was doing it mostly – by like, I was pretty much doing standings. So like record first, any ties and records, it goes to points. Pretty straightforward. You kind of can't really argue it too much. But people wanted the intangibles. So I'm like, all right, fine. Let me try to get some uh, some other stuff in there. So I had this whole formula system where um, if you, you it's, it's like a point system pretty much. If you get a win, you get half a point. If Or... 
whatever it is. If you get a win, you get points. If you beat someone higher ranked than you, you get a point. If you beat someone in the top three, you get another point. Um, and then it, it, obviously the opposite. If you lose, you lose like half a point. You lose to a higher or lower rank. You lose to a guy below you. You get docked more points. If you lose to the bottom three guys, you get docked a point. If you have a streak, a losing streak, that adds up. A win streak adds up. So uh, the highest on the week, the highest score on the week is a point. Lowest score on the week is, is a minus point. And then, you know, you, you add all those up, figure out who who's on, who, how it orders. Uh, but the, the first, it, which worked out fine. I, I instituted it like halfway through last year. So I, I did like seven weeks of data and then released the power rankings. But when you're starting with week one and then week two, it's so skewed because I think um, like Craig, after two weeks, one and one, like hardly any points scored was like number four because of just like the guy he beat in week two, um, his record and stuff. So it didn't really make sense. I had to kind of move some people around. But in any case, long winded way of saying it's a little skewed right now, but I try to make those adjustments. I did last week. I moved Craig down to like 10, even though my system put him out four so i'd have to do a little bit of that this week too but as the season goes on it'll be more and more accurate hmm. right. people were wondering <laughs> i was just asking why <laughs> i had questions for shoes that submitted there's one more for you. really on. Do you, yeah do you like your chances at a title this year wait was that a, a ask Sousa question yeah the top five teams oh okay okay um, do I like my chances at a title? Yeah, I don't, I don't hate them. I don't hate them. What I got to do differently this year is, is, uh, go steady Eddie on the trades. I think. How do you feel about try your not team? to break apart my team? How do I feel about my team? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy now that Marquise Brown has proven to be very solid. Because he was my my worry at first. I didn't really want to draft him. It was just kind of like, all right, he's kind of the best guy at the, on the board. Um, and I wasn't sure how he's going to do on the Cardinals. So the fact he's been doing all right is making me feel better. I trust Mixon to get on the right track. Montgomery and Herbert, whatever's going on there, I think they're both solid. And then, as, as always, it's just worrying about the flexes. And uh, with the 14-man league and two flexes, that's usually going to be a problem. But um, – I think, I think I'm all right. I have a fighting chance. I'm not like Fryer. That's where it gets rough. Yeah, he's, he's he might sell his whole team this week. Uh, this is going to be a question for Mason, but I guess you'll answer it for him, Sousa. Okay. Uh, who's who's the scum of our league? The scum. Yeah. Are these Panacho questions? <laughs> They're always been out there. I know. Um, the scum. I think Pedro called you the scum this week when uh, he said Michael Thomas had a toe injury. Something like that. Yeah, I think he was just making fun of Mason. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to answer that question. I don't think there's a scum. I do. Is it Pedro? Fucking Craig. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, Craig, actually, I want to congratulate him because 
he did something that earned my respect this week. He made Jake Fryer 0-3. And you don't see that happen very often. But when it does, it looks so good. It looks so beautiful. It Just does. Seeing Jake Fryer and then the record with a big zero dash three. And hopefully, who's got him this week? I don't know. I could check. So hopefully, he goes to home four. That'd be even better. But moving on. Enough about our league. He's got Amaral, who's 3-0. and Oh, shit. He doesn't have a chance. That's nuts. That is nuts. Oh, shit. I might have to trade Amaral Amon Ra just to make sure he goes on four. Unbelievable. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, enough about our league. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, People, some people know I do the podcast and stuff, and they'll reach out to me and they'll say, oh, how are you doing in your leagues? And I don't know how to answer that because I'm in five, and it's like I'll win in a couple, I'll lose in three, or how'd you make out in fantasy this week? I'm just like, ah, you know, because I never win in all five leagues. Rarely does that happen. I usually That's go like, like two impossible. and three every week. Yeah. So I don't know how to answer that. Um, but I wouldn't trade that for anything because – in the league that I thought I had my worst team, I'm actually doing my best. And um, it's just funny how fantasy works sometimes. But I always, right at- I always answer it based on our Westport league because that's my that's top priority. priority. So right. and I try to say that too. Like, oh, well, the league I care most about, on I did all right. So we'll start saying that. Yeah. Um, moving on, Susan. We're going into October already. I can't believe it. And it's all your fault, which means there's got to be some news after week three. You've been a little been a little light on the news the first two weeks in the season. Nothing crazy happened. No big injuries. Week three, something had to happen, right? I mean, I guess. It's good that there's no big injuries, but that's true. they're finally trickling in. So let's hear it. This is the news with Shuta. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into the first thing that pretty much happened on Sunday, and that was David Montgomery, my running back too. Hurt his ankle slash knee and was out pretty damn early. I didn't see it. All I know is he got me one point, and then that was it in the first quarter. And now he is considered day-to-day. I don't see any other additional news. Um, they said it was. It looks good after initial testing, so there's some positive news. That's nothing catastrophic, and uh, they haven't ruled him out yet, so it's nothing severe. But it's obviously a problem because you need your ankle slash knee to run and cut, and uh, if it's not 100, that's going to be a problem. What I'm worried about is they're going to be up in the air, and then it's like, all right, is he active? Who do I start? So if he's gonna if he's hurt, just keep him out. I'll play Herbert. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, real, I mean, Herbert stepped in nice last week, and and that's the uh-huh. thing that sucks. It's like you don't. It's not a scenario where you want like like kind of what happened with Chris Godwin for me week one. He was questionable all week. They didn't know if he's gonna play. Turns out he plays unlimited snaps. Ends up getting more hurt. Different injury, yeah, but right. you get the point. You don't want that to happen with Dave Montgomery, which is what the Lions are doing, which I'm sure you're gonna get to. But if you have Khalil Herbert. As your handcuff for Montgomery, that's good. We'll take that. You know? 
Yeah, exactly. So um, hopefully you have him. Otherwise, if he's on the waiver wire, go get him. At the very least, trade him to the Montgomery owner. Um, all right, what else we got? Dalvin Cook, another running back, another injury-prone running back. He finally got his this week where he dislocated his shoulder, as he has in the past. But he'll be okay, is what they're saying. He, like Montgomery, not no, no rule about this week yet, about what's going on. Um, so we're just questionable for now, but it was a dislocated shoulder, and we're going to have to see how it goes later this week. Uh, he's also know, day-to-day. Once you know, it's as soon as I traded Alexander Madison. I know. That's, now, that's what I was thinking when I traded you Melvin Gordon. I'm like, what if it happens to me now? <laughs> <laughs> that's just, you know, the, the risk you take. But I thankfully, uh, the return I got for Madison and Elijah Moore after one week, I'd say I'm winning the trade, even though I lost. Who'd you get again? Julio. Alave. Oh, yeah. Pacheco. I'll take Alave. No. Jandre Swift. Here we go. Running backs. These are top top guys. Uh, Proving the adage of zero RBs because they are the most injury prone. Um, They suffered a shoulder sprain. He suffered a shoulder sprain in Sunday's loss to the Vikings. It's not expected to require surgery. But he could miss some time. And uh, Dan Campbell on the matter said Swift could possibly benefit by taking the next two weeks off to help his shoulder and then uh, and then return after Detroit's bye. So I guess uh, there's two weeks and then they have their bye week. So he might be out for three weeks, including the bye week, which is uh, a problem for Swift owners. If you're a Swift owner who owns Jamal Williams also, you're like, all right, let him rest for two weeks. <laughs> Jamal yeah. Williams doing all right. He got freaking how many points last week? Because apparently he's the goal line back. Um, and then let Swift get healthy and do his thing after the bye. I mean, same, it's kind of the same thing with Montgomery and Herbert. You've seen that the backup can perform just as well, if not better, than what the starter's doing. And the only thing with caution, though, with Jamal Williams is that maybe Jamal Williams steps up into the Swift role and then someone like Craig Reynolds will vulture his touchdowns. And that's where right. it gets a little tricky. Um, so yeah. keep an eye on that. Because Craig Reynolds did show when he had to fill in for both Swift and Jamal Williams, he could play. Oh, yeah. We all we are well aware of that in our league. You think Craig knows that? I think he knows it very much. Yeah, just he knows it very well. Um, we don't stop there though. We got Mac Jones on the Patriots quarterback. He had what di- doctors diagnosed as a severe high ankle sprain that would cause m- many to have surgery. He's likely to miss multiple games. There's no indication yet that he's going to have surgery from what I'm seeing, but he's likely going to miss some time. Uh, there's just no way he's going to play on that right away. So that's a problem. So it's Brian Hoyer season is what you're telling me. It's Brian Hoyer season. And honestly, wouldn't be surprised if they're the same, if not better. I don't know. Hoyer's done it before, you know? So he's one of those guys like a Cooper Rush where it's just like he comes in and, oh, he's actually no, not no, that no, bad. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's not one of those guys like a Cooper <laughs> Rush, okay? Cooper Rush is uh, – I'm pretty sure he's 3-0 and <laughs> as a starter. He is. Okay? I heard that. So nobody is like Cooper Rush right now. 
Okay. I, for fantasy, I mean, what was Mac Jones bringing to the table in these first three games that, like you said, Brian Hoyer couldn't do? I think Mac is obviously better than Brian Hoyer. But is there going to be much to drop-off fantasy-wise? I mean, if Jacoby Myers plays, you're still going to start him. He's been their most consistent pass catcher when he's out there. He missed last week. With his absence, Devontae Parker finally looked like the receiver we want Devontae Parker to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the running back situation, Damian Harris is still getting those goal line looks. Stevenson will get one or two a game, but for the most part, Harris is converting. and He's getting touchdowns. And Stevenson hasn't looked like the guy that you drafted him to be, expecting that breakout, expecting to kind of push Harris down through three weeks. I don't know if that gets better with Brian Hoare. I don't I don't know either. Um, maybe he checks it down to running backs more often. We'll see. But, like, I hate thinking about fantasy options in the Patriots. I haven't had any of them for, like, a couple of years. Still don't. Still don't want them. So I, I kind of don't care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Basically saying fuck you to anybody else. Who if you have the them. Patriots, go fuck yourself. No, I mean, I basically, I think you're just going to keep the status quo. The guys who were started before, you're going to start now. Yeah. Um, it's not like anybody loses value or much value. It's not like yeah. going to be a big drop-off. Sterling Shepard last night, he hurt himself. Torn his Achilles. He's out for the season on the Giants. See, if he was ejected earlier in the game for that dirty-ass hit on Trayvon Diggs, then um, maybe that wouldn't happen. Each his own. Wait, the pass interference call? Offensive pass interference call? When he wasn't looking and rammed yeah, into Diggs? Into, into Diggs? Yeah. So I you think that up. was intentional? Yeah. Do you see him lower his shoulder right into him? Yeah, he – right. The announcers were saying it didn't look intentional. Like, oh, I don't know about that call. He wasn't even looking. He was just running his route. I'm like, that's fair, but then you do see his body like adjust for the hit right at the, the end. Yeah. He's not just like trotting and then he gets run into. And that's like, oh, like, like when you're not expecting someone to run into you, it's like, a, oh, like you kind of had a little bit knocked back. He fucking stood his ground and said, <clears throat> and then <laughs> yeah, it's, went down. it's up for debate, I think. Um, but it's fair. I, I understand People, that. So, I mean, as bad as the Cowboys played in the first half with penalties and everything. They got a lot of no calls. This dude, Noah Brown, when Susan needed him most, was getting fucking raped in the I end know. zone. <laughs> and they refused to throw the flag. I know. Multiple plays, too. There's a play towards the end of the game where they literally had both guys holding him at the line of scrimmage. And he couldn't run by him. And Cooper yeah. rushed through him like a corner out and right. 10 feet past him because he couldn't go anywhere. So annoying. Uh, but yeah, watching the rooting for the Cowboys last night was tough because of all the penalties. And it's just like it almost was expected. I feel like this happens a lot. I just maybe don't notice it as much. Like the Giants, there was two drives where they should have won three and out like immediately. Three quick plays, and it was already um would have been fourth down, but flag happened twice. And like the start, it was to start the game and to start the second half. And like they Giants held on to the ball for another like four or five minutes. Because they stay on the field. It's like, my God, it's too good to be true. And that's the thing. It's always on a – like, every for every good play they make, it gets negated the next play by a fucking boneheaded penalty. 
And the same thing goes on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I don't know if it was the first drive where they were driving down the field and you have a third and short, and then it turns into a false start, um, makes it, I think, third and eight instead of third and three. And then on the third and eight, you get a holding call after that, and now it's third and 18. Mm -hmm. It completely kills the drive. It's like, this is this is every game. This, this is what I go through. Yeah, and then I, and then rough. the worst part is, and I said this last night. I think I almost hate Mike McCarthy as much as Jason Garrett. Two different types of people, because when all hell is broken loose and everything's the, the shit hits the fan, Jason Garrett's right there clapping away. And as a fan, you're like, show me some fucking anger, show me some passion, give me some emotion, be mad with us, because that on the field is a shitty performance. With Mike McCarthy. He looks fucking dumbfounded at everything that happens, dude. Every penalty, every broken play, every play that doesn't go the Cowboys' way, he just... He's trying to figure it out. <laughs> that one last night where they were trying to... Uh, um, they weren't even trying to run the clock down because it was a stopped clock. They were trying to gain an extra five yards, I guess, for punting distance. So they oh, took a right, delay right. of game. <laughs> and it goes, and the ref goes, delay a game on the offense. And it goes, that penalty is declined because they have the choice to decline it, you dumbass. Why waste that whole time? It's not like it's a false start where you can just, you know, it's automatic five yards back. The delay of yeah. game. And then, and then the guy's declining. He was just like, huh. Oh, yeah, good move. I was like, this dude, dude, I laughed. I had to laugh because if I didn't fucking laugh, I would have been crying with this team. But they're two and one. Yeah. Two and oh, Cooper Rush. Yeah, that's Bum, true. They got the win. Bum dag, I'm nervous. Uh, right. Um, I don't have any news on Dak yet. He's still doing his thing. Um, I think that's it. I mean, Amon Ra had an ankle problem, but his tests on his ankle look encouraging. Um, Mixon had an injury going into the and missed the fourth quarter, but he's already cleared to play this Thursday, so he's fine. Tua, I don't know if you saw that, Dude. he looked like he got concussed, literally got picked up off the ground, and he just stumbled. He had His the legs fucking, just buckled. And he, he had the noodle knees, noodle oh, knees, yeah. and he stayed in the game. I think maybe he even missed one play. I didn't see the game, but I heard he played the whole thing, and that was on under investigation. That fucked. Um, about, about them putting them in the game still. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But that's 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 all the news I got. All right. That's the news of Sousa. Um, the Stellar Stars of the Week are brought to you by Ready to Rumble Vibrators. Finish the job that your man or woman started. Susan, would you like to go first? No. All right, then I'm going to go first because my stellar star of the week is none other than a man who is on a 3-0 and team. And it might not be the man that you're thinking about, Susan. I think I know who it is. The NFL yeah. team is 3-0? and Is he an eagle? A, it's not a college team that's 3-0. and Um... Yep. I was thinking fantasy. I don't know why. It is an eagle. But it's not the quarterback. 
It's wide receiver Devonta Smith. In week three, now here's the, here's the path that Devonta Smith's taking. Week one, he had a goose egg on four targets, zero receptions. Week two, has a decent game, seven receptions on seven targets for 80 yards, doesn't find the end zone. Week three against the Commanders, goes absolutely bonkers. Eight receptions, 169 yards, and a big old TD to cap you off for 26.9 half-point PPR. Fantasy. Some would say he was due. Some would say he was D-E-W due. Yeah, he was a name that I wasn't sure how it was going to fare well with A.J. Brown and the fact that Hurts likes to run it so much. But – and then obviously I, week one with the goose egg, it's like, uh-oh. But he's been – See, I, I'm, I'm starting to think after three games – Showing up. This offense – I don't know how consistent it's going to be. I think the only consistent part you're going to have is Jalen Hurts each and every game because his floor is so high with his rushing ability. If they're getting smacked, yeah. he's going to have to he's going to have to run the ball and find you know something, throw the ball, get behind. If they're ahead, he's still going to run the ball when you know third down shit's looking bleak. But as far as pass catchers goes, I guess you could say the most consistent pass catcher is Dallas Goddard, the tight end. Um, yeah, you can trust them week in, week out. Right now, he's tight end five. He's got three receptions week one, 60 yards. Five receptions week two, 82 yards. Last week, three receptions, 26 yards, and a touchdown. So 7.5, 10.7, and 10.1. Um, you know, not what more can you ask for from a tight end? But he, he got banged up last week with a shin injury, too, which kind of put a damper on his day. But A.J. Brown, since week one, has been doing nothing crazy. Now you're seeing Devonta Smith trend up. They don't really have any other pass catchers. The running backs in week one all went berserk. And now Miles Sanders is finally coming back down to earth. I think as the Eagles go throughout the season, somebody's going to have a good game along with Jalen Hurts, and we don't know who it's going to be. Could be a running back. Could be Devonta Smith. Could be A.J. Brown. But we know that one constant. If you have them, you love them, as Jalen Hurts. <laughs> That's right. Who's your stellar star of the week? My stellar star is going to be Mark Andrews. Ooh. Ooh. He's great. He's just great. I know. And, uh, this was his best game of the season so far. at uh, 24.9 points and half PPR. Eight receptions on uh, 13 targets. Eight receptions on 13 targets. Um, even though... I don't know. The game log says 13 targets. The news, ESPN, and a little article says 11 targets. I'm going to go with 13. 89 yards and two touchdowns. Two big old TDs. This guy carved up New England, and he's just a, a beast. I don't know what else to say. He's, he's Lamar Jackson's favorite target. If you had a team with Mark Andrews, you're probably not losing this week. Or last yeah. week, I should say. Exactly. I, I think we already talked that. We're, we already <laughs> talked about Matt Collins, who was imagine, almost my stellar star. Imagine having Matt Collins and Mark Andrews. That's not even right. That's a guaranteed still lose. Guaranteed, but not guaranteed. When you got Brandon Cooks, that's right. And Alvin Kamara, and fucking Kirk Cousins, 
That sucks, man. I, it, it really. It's it. It would piss me off too. That's that's tough to have a great have a great week and then to lose anyway. Is would you rather? Would, would you rather have a great week and lose, or have a shit week and lose to someone with like an equally shit week? Like what Craig's been doing the past. Two I weeks. was right. Yeah, Craig. We could talk about him for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I've thought about this. It's kind of like there's a couple ways to think about each of them, and it's both like good and bad. Having a great week and losing. What sucks is that your team showed up and it did what it had to do to win and you didn't win. So that sucks. But your team showed up. That's promising to know that your guys can do that. On the other side, your team shits the bed and you lose to another team that shits the bed. You're like, oh, my God, that should have been a guaranteed win. Um. But at the same time, you're got, you should have lost anyway. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my guys did this bad. I don't, I don't even deserve to win anyway. Right. So, and, but then there's the also on top of that is, oh, shit, my guys, what happened to my team? So, that I guess there's two, kind of two, <laughs> two bad things on that side of things. So, I guess I, I, guess, uh, I would rather have – I would rather go off and lose than shit the bed and lose another team that shit the bed. <sighs> So I think I think it's more frustrating to go off and lose. Cause then it's like even if somebody explodes for like 30 points, you're looking at the guys who didn't. Like say if like say if like your flex got like 16, you're like, oh, why couldn't you get 20? Like he did his part, but it wasn't enough, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's tough. Um, that was Stella Stars of the Week brought to you by Raider Rumble Vibrators. Finish the job that your man or woman started. You want to do it? You want me to do it? Um, can you do it? Try. What if I do this? (laughs) Um, did it work? No, I didn't hear anything. Let's try it again. Nope. Damn. I hope you're not yelling. No, I'm that'd not. be a waste. <laughs> I was I was using the bleep sound, but I'm just gonna say it real close. Lock of the week. Hold on. What if I turn my gain all the way up? Fuck. Ooh. Was that loud? Is this really loud? Yeah, yeah, you're like, like RIP headphone users. Fuck of the week. Brought to you by PB and J Lube. Right? Mm-hmm. Gonna get fucked, you might as well use Lube. Bang. And who fucked you this week? Well, if you have Justin Jefferson, it was Justin Jefferson. <laughs> sure was. And Going through the names this week, there were a couple. This guy scored four points. This guy scored five points. Justin Jefferson scored two points, 2.9, three receptions, 14 yards. And you drafted him in the first round. What happened? Adam Thielen happened. Adam Thielen had a good game. I didn't watch this game, so I can't really tell you what might have happened. Or, uh, I mean, they were in Detroit. I don't know if they have a shutdown corner or not, but it just didn't happen. And that sucks to see, but receivers are capable of this. Sometimes they 
disappear once or twice a year, but not what you want to see from Justin Jefferson. No, especially after even last week, he didn't have a huge game like uh, he did week one. When you start out good in week one, you have a huge game. You're like, all right, this is how the season's going to be. And then when you yeah. get that dud, it's like, this fucking sucks. Um, yeah, he went from 35 week one to eight week two and to three week three. And he was going top five or should have been. Yeah. Sucks. That's how fancy football is sometimes. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. Fuck of the week. Brought to you by PB&J Lube. If you're going to get fucked, you might as well use Lube. What? You might as well use Lube. That's you just funny. Well. <laughs> I mean, it'd be going in dry. PB&J. You think it, right. is it thick like peanut butter? Um, I think it has the consistency... I think it smells like peanut butter. It has the consistency of, of jelly. jelly. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think you think if they're being a sponsor for us, you should at least try it by now. Yeah, well, maybe this weekend. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna play a new game here. Game that's played a game. Played before. It's called hitting. The panic button. <laughs> so, how this game works is through three weeks of football, we've already seen teams. We're trying to figure them out now. We're trying to say, is this, this guy good? Does this guy suck? Is this gas? Is this trash? But what you need to know most is if your studs are studs and if they're supposed to be doing a lot better than what you drafted them to do. And if three weeks they aren't performing, are we hitting the panic button on them? Or are we just going to wait them out and everything's going to be all right? So, Susan, how this is going to work is uh, I'm going to say a name. I'm going to say the stats of this person. And then I'm going to ask you if you are hitting the panic button. Let's start off. <clears throat> Let's see if I can. Right Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson currently is quarterback 23. Oh, hold on. Hold on a second. Your voice sounds weird. Is that intentional? Yes. Okay. Okay. Russell Wilson is currently quarterback 23. He scored 17.8 week one, 11.06 week two, 9.06 week three, and fuck me good. And he only has two touchdowns in three games. However, are we hitting the panic button on Russell Wilson? Yes. I don't want to start him until I see it. At this point, you give him the chance. This is a great offense, you would think. But they haven't figured it out. But I don't know what it is. 
I given the talent, I want to blame the coach, but uh, whatever the case is, it's just not coming together. They got Judy, they got Sutton, they have Williams, they got Gordon, they got uh, Alberto, a tight end. They have another Quentin Beck, or whatever the hell his name is. Um, Andrew Beck, I guess he's a fullback on here, but he's been doing some stuff. I don't know what it is. And that San Francisco game was just putrid. And at this point, you got to sit him. Well, I can't sit him. So I'm going to. I'm sorry. I'm going to continue to start that (laughs) motherfucker because I'll be at the slow start for Russell Wilson. Man, it is so hard for me to not hit this panic button, but I got to stay cool. I got to trust my gut. I got to think that better days are ahead for Russell Wilson. So I am not hitting the panic button. Um, week one, 17.8 against Seattle in a game that he should have won. They had multiple chances at the goal line. I think it was bad play call. Week two, your first home game. It's really these last two weeks. Week two, the first home game against the Houston Texans. When Russell Wilson came to the Denver Broncos, we were looking at this team as Super Bowl contenders, and they almost lost to the Houston Texans because they couldn't get it going. They pulled it out, barely. You know, forget that game. Let's move on to the next one. Sunday night primetime against a good team in the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he's starting as quarterback. And the amount of three and outs and punts – and. Looking at Russell Wilson, the way he's like playing quarterback, I think he feels like he's being more rushed than he actually is when it comes to the pass rush. And I feel like he's not looking downfield for guys like Judy, Sutton, you know, his tight ends, whoever. And it's constant checkoffs to the running back, it's small, short routes. And then you're not seeing the fantasy production that we've seen in the past from Russell Wilson with Seattle. So you think it's PTSD? Maybe. Like being afraid of, of being with Seattle's, Seattle's terrible line for so long? Right, and I don't, I don't know if he's like he's not trying to be as mobile as he is, but I feel like he's at his best when he's on the run. Like, say, if a play breaks down and he's on the run and he's looking downfield to throw the ball. And I feel like that hasn't happened. And I feel like a lot of it is his stuff in the pocket. Plays aren't really getting developed. He's either forcing stuff in or he's, I feel like he's feeling pressure too early. From the past couple of games that I've saw of him, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I don't – and as much as we're panicking on Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton is still being a viable fantasy option. Obviously, his favorite target through three weeks. Jerry Judy, I can't say the same. The run game for um, the Broncos has been great. Between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, they're just not scoring touchdowns. Their drives are stalling out in the red zone, and every time they get close, they can't make a play. And um, if Russell Wilson, you pay him this amount of money to get the job done and to compete in what's looking like the most competitive – well, on paper, what should be the most competitive division in the game. You have the Chiefs at 2-1, and now you have the Chargers 1-2, and and the Raiders are 0-3. Um, he's got to perform better, one, if they want to win the division, and two, if they want to make the playoffs. I give it one more week. 
And if Russell Wilson, because right now you have a divisional matchup upcoming next week, I believe they're facing the Raiders. Yes. Raiders defense has looked awful in three games. And if Russell Wilson doesn't have like a good fantasy game, like 18 plus points, 20 plus points, now we're starting to hit the panic button. I'll give him, I'll give him one more game. But as of week three, yeah, I, I'm being optimistic for him. He's, he's, I, I think he has too much of a talented squad around him to not succeed. And it's not like he sucked for the past 12 years. We know what he can do in fantasy. I'm going to hold off. Not in it. Yeah. He just needs to get – he's not dialed in, and he needs to get there. Yep. Um, the next player is running back for the Northern Saints, Alvin Kamau. Currently, Arkansas 55 with 6.1 fantasy points. He did not participate. Five receptions. Receiving yards in two games. This is not the Alvin Kamara. No, Susan. Let me ask you a question. Are you hitting the panic button on Alvin Kamara? <sighs> you have to. I think you have to. Now, he only played two games, so that's one less sample. <laughs> that's one less sample. Um, and obviously that's gonna move him down the ranks, but he hasn't scored more than six points in his two games. He's he's not catching the ball that much. He's getting some decent targets. He had seven targets this past week, only two receptions, though. Um 15 attempts. So 15 attempts plus seven targets. That's 22, I guess, opportunities. Um, but nothing happened. And it's just not – I don't know. It's not coming together. And then Mark Ingram getting goal line work. <laughs> yeah, Mark Ingram gets a touchdown this past week, right? So, it's – um. and then what do you – do you say he's getting older? Do you say Winston's bad? I don't know. I, I have him in Dynasty, and it feels like to me, after having him for like three straight years, it just seems like he's been on a decline – well, he has two years ago. He was number two, number one. And then he was number nine, number eight. And now he's looking even number worse 55. than that. So 55. So, so um, having dealt, dealt with him for three straight years, it does feel like he's just been on a steady decline. So it's only fits that narrative. And I am hitting the panic button. What do you do though? I don't know. You try to trade him. I don't know if you're going to, you're not going to get a good return on him. So you're going to, have to keep them. You're not going to sit them, so you're fucked. I think we should get Mason a sorry you drafted Alvin Kamara cake uh, because I'm hitting the panic button as well. I think his snap percentage isn't that good. I think he's only out there at most 60% of the snaps. And it's with a team like New Orleans, Jameis Winston as your quarterback. I feel like Jameis ain't a check down dude like Drew Brees was. No, he hucks it. 
he fucking hucks it, which makes guys like Michael Thomas, Olave, fucking Quez Watkins, whoever. Quez Watkins on that team? Um, Who am I thinking I don't, of? I don't see him. Trey no, I'm Smith? Thinking of, I'm thinking of Marquez Callaway. Yes. That's something. Quez Watkins on the Eagles. Um, I think it makes those, those guys more valuable, and I think the way that they struggle to move the ball – they're going to be down a lot of games. So it's going to have to rely on Alvin Kamara's pass catching. Like I said, five receptions for 18 receiving yards in the two games that he played. That's not what Alvin Kamara does. Usually Alvin Kamara has however amount of, amount of rushing yards he matches with receiving yards. No touchdowns either your two games. Yeah, it's tough. And it, it's I'm, – I'm hitting it because it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Sorry, Mason. Yeah, I apologize as well. But I, I'm dealing with them just as well. So I feel it, Mason. I feel it. Moving on to the next running back. This guy is what's going, arguably top five in most redraft leagues. He's running back for the LA Chargers. Austin Eckler. Currently RB13 in PPR scoring. RB32 and standard. I don't think I've ever seen a gap like that between two different league formats. Um, week one, he had 9.2 points. Week two, he had 13.9 and 9.3. And those were all half point PPR totals. So, not where you wanted from RB1 to RB2 last year. And this is all set. I'm not. I'm not hearing you that well. It's not coming through. Not coming through, huh? Like it does at first, but then, like towards towards the end, it was like trailing off. I don't know why. All right, I'll stop that. Anyways, um, he has zero touchdowns in three games after having twenty last season. Oh, yeah. And he hasn't rushed past 50 yards in a game yet. His highest snap percentage was 63% in week two. Yeah, that's concerning, the the snap percentage. I didn't even realize that. Um, That's fucked. How are you supposed to be RB2 overall and only be out there 63% of the time? I this time I'm actually not going to hit the panic button on Austin Eckler. It's definitely he definitely belongs in this game, but he's giving you a floor. It's nice to see a ten point floor from a guy you drafted high. Um, so you know he's not he's not fucking you, even though his rushing stats look like he should be because he is that necessary in the passing game and in a, if you're playing in any type of points per reception. That's what's given him all his value. I mean, 10 targets last week, eight targets this week, and uh, almost that same amount of receptions in those weeks. It's it's keeping him afloat. Um, he's definitely a big part of this passing game. I don't know if that has to do with Keenan Allen being out last two weeks, but um, but that's something we've been expecting from him is those is the receiving game. You just hope he he gets the r- rushing game back up, but 
I don't know. So far, definitely not delivering where you drafted them, but I wouldn't panic just yet. So I'd like to say it's similar to another guy that we almost put on this list, Christian McCaffrey. Right now where their floor is at, like you said, they're getting you 10 points a rip, but it's just you know what they can do. They can have that 30-point outburst. They can win you weeks, and it hasn't come yet. And if their lowest game is nine points, you take it. Yeah. You know? Um, I think LA's offense is too good for him to not be involved. And I feel like Eckler's usually a middle-of-the-season second-half guy anyway, and he starts getting rolling. And then he's going to – like I said, my season hot take last week was that he was going to have one of his signature, like, three touchdown games against Jacksonville. But apparently Jacksonville's for real. So Mm -hmm. that didn't happen. I'm not in the panic button either. Next guy I have on the list is a quarterback, another quarterback. And someone called this quarterback the GOAT. But in 2022, he's played anything – like, anything – He's played far from the goal. <laughs> yes. Um, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady right now is quarterback 27. And he has three passing touchdowns. His highest yardage total came last week where he threw for 271 against Green Bay. Week one, he had 10.38 fantasy points, 9.4 in week two. And 14.7 in week three. So as bad as Russell Wilson's been, Brady's been even worse. Yeah. It's I I, I mean you could argue with the weapons, right? With uh, God would not be in there, Mike Evans suspended. But honestly, I would be hitting the panic button because I don't know. This is just how I felt was going to be the case. I mean, look at this. I got a recording from prior to the season. I think this could be Tom Brady's Say it. the beginning of the end. Say it. There it is. The beginning of the end for Tom Brady. And so far, that's what's happening. So I don't have a panic button hit because I don't want him in the first place. But if you do have them, you got to be worried. Uh... I mean, I watched him play yesterday or on Sunday. He seemed like he was still throwing solid passes. I just not sure how it just doesn't translate by the end of the game to a good, a uh, good fantasy performance. It's um, I'm not really sure what I haven't pinpointed what the problem is. I don't, I didn't watch the full game, but like he still throws dimes to some to Perriman, but uh, he just can't finish drives, I guess. So. Fournette's not doing the greatest either. Week one, he was at Dallas against a tough Dallas D. I think the Dallas D is legit. Okay, I'm going to say that. Week two, he's at New Orleans, and they always play him tough, you know, especially in the regular season. And then week three, your first home game, you're facing Green Bay Packers. This week, they have a Sunday night matchup at home against Kansas City Chiefs. Last time they played during the regular season, this game was a fucking shootout. Weapons coming back for Brady is going to be huge. Mike Evans returns this week. We don't know if Godwin's going to be playing. 
Julio Jones was healthy enough to play last week, but they're precautionary on keeping him out. So he should be back this week for this big Sunday night game. This is going to be the game where Brady's back. I'm not hitting the panic button. If you hit the panic button on Tom Brady, you don't deserve to own Tom Brady. You might as well trade him. You might as well get rid of him. And you're not going to get your worth for him. And then you're going to look like a dumbass when he starts rattling off 25-point games as the Bucs make their playoff run. And everyone gets healthy. The key for the Bucs is running game's got to be there. Lenny's kind of been quiet, too. Once Lenny starts to get going, you guys are fucked. Because if Lenny's running the you ball... guys. Because <laughs> if Lenny's running the ball, um, that opens up play action for Brady, and nobody's more dangerous than Tom Brady when um, when everything's clicking. I, I think just guys need to get healthy. He's going to have easier matchups coming up. He's got the Chiefs this week at home. Next week, he's got Atlanta at home. He's at Pittsburgh, at Carolina, and it's Baltimore, L.A., Rams, Seattle. The schedule's not crazy hard. Better days are ahead for Tom Brady. Don't hit that panic button just yet. Craig. <laughs> um, next guy I have. This is very frustrating. This is very frustrating. And I don't think you can hit the panic button because he's trending up. And his name is Cam Akers, the Los Angeles Rams. Right now. He's RB42 in standard, RB47 PPR. Like he, like I said, not where you drafted him. But if you look at his game log, <clears throat> week one, a whopping zero points on 18% snap percentage, three rushing attempts. Whopping not, zero points. Not a, not a single statistic besides three rushing attempts. That's all he got. Week two, he actually plays. And um, he gets 15 carries from three, which is a big boost. Again, only 44% of the snaps. That's 44 yards, but he catches two balls for 18. You know, nothing crazy. It's 7.2 points, but it's a whole lot better than zero. Last week, he's out there for 50% of the snaps, 12 rushing attempts for 61 yards. That's 5.08 yards per carry, and he gets a TD. If you're a Daryl Henderson owner at the beginning of the year, you were fucking clicking your heels together, jumping in joy. Yep. Now, it's like, this is annoying, and this is what I feared as a guy who owns them both. Who the fuck am I going to start every week? Because Sean McVay is an asshole. I'm a, he is. Just give us somebody. I don't want this 1A, 1B crap. I need to know who's going to be out there for the majority of the work, and I need to know who's going to be the goal linebacker. If Daryl's the goal linebacker, that's fine. If Cam Akers is going to be the guy between the numbers, Catching passes, doing whatever, that's fine too. If you're going to have them one out for a drive, one out for the other, like the Cowboys do with Zeke and Tony P, fine. But there needs to be some consistency. You can't have Daryl's carries going down. Now Cam's getting more. And it's it's annoying, but I don't know how you hit the panic button. For Cam Akers specifically, he is trending up. His snap percentage is going up. His points are going up. And he got a nice touchdown. So I, f- I feel better about Akers than I do Henderson because of that trend. But you can't call McVay too much of an asshole because he told us this was going to be the case in the offseason. He said, we have a two-headed monster here. It's going to be a committee. These guys are too good to sit one of them. And um, 
I was hands off him. I would have drafted Henderson. I wanted to because he was so late. But I was just weary on Cam Akers from the beginning because I guess what McVay said was true. This was it's going to be a committee, and I don't know if you're going to be able to trust either of them. I'm leaning on Akers at the moment because of the trend, his trend up, but it could just be like this all season where it goes back and forth. And Gomes wants us to do Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. All right, we can do Dawson Knox. I don't even have my chat open. Sorry, Gomes, and sorry, Twitch viewers. Dawson Knox. Yeah. Oh! Dawson Knox right now is currently tight end 33 in standard, tight end 24 in PPR. Gomes, hit me up if you want Everett or uh, Big Irv Smith. Week one against the Rams, he obtained a whopping one point, 86% snap percentage, but only got one reception on two targets for five yards. Week two, he had 6.1, four receptions for 41 yards on five targets. That's better. All he's missing in week two is a touchdown. And week three, four receptions, 25 yards, 5.5 points. See, tight ends are tough. Okay, because I feel like if you get more than five points from your tight end, how are you going to complain? It's like it's like cake and butter. Unless you own your Mark Andrews and your Travis Kelsey and supposedly your Kyle Pitts, which we'll get to shortly. You know, it's gravy, anything that your tight ends do. If your tight end catches a touchdown, your week's already made because you know you have that floor of at least six points. Anything else he does, go ahead. Yeah. With Dawson Knox, I mean, he was very touchdown dependent last year as it was. And when we did our previews earlier in the season and previewing the AFC East, I like Dawson Knox as a red zone option, but first two weeks was all Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. That's all it was. Last week, they ran into a hot Miami team, and it was very hot down there, Sousa. I just spent a weekend in Miami. On Saturday night, it was like 85 degrees at 3 a.m. Oh, in humidity. And I wanted to die. I couldn't imagine what they were playing on Sunday. Um, I'm not gonna yes. hit the pan. I'm not gonna hit the panic on Dawson Knox because I feel like that range of guys where you drafted him, tight ends are just so unpredictable. And he could have a two touchdown game next week, and then we're like, "Ah, dude, Dawson Knox is back." Like, it's 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 all he's a a touchdown dependent tight end. He was that going into the season. Not panicking on him. You're going to continue to start him if you have him because the Bills' offense is so good. Yeah, he was. I wouldn't hit the panic button. He was. It's like he was uh, drafted like a Kelsey or an Andrews. But he's definitely not performing up to where you were hoping. His first six games last year was six points, 12, 13, 18, 19, 6. So, like, six was a floor, and then he was scoring double digits. Then he had the bye week, missed two games, and then had, like, 11, 16, 16, 8. Like, he was doing pretty well. And nine touchdowns on the year will do that. And we haven't seen any this year. So it's been pretty underwhelming compared to last year. But at the end of the day, 6-5 for your tight end that wasn't drafted high. And you just kind of have to live with it. So, speaking of tight ends, I guess we'll go over to Kyle Pitts. 
who was supposed to be in that upper echelon of tight ends this year. And after a promising week three game, we're like, is Kyle Pitts back? But then you ever then you have to remember he hasn't scored a touchdown on American soil yet. First two weeks of the season for Kyle Pitts, 84% snap percentage, seven targets, two receptions, 19 yards. Week two, 93% snap percentage, three targets, two receptions, 19 yards. Same amount of points, 2.9 each week. Last week, he's only out there for 67% of the snaps. He has eight targets, five receptions for 87 yards, averaging 17.4 yards per catch and 11.2 fantasy points. I I am nervous about the touch. So the thing is, Kyle Pitts last year was a rookie. I think he finished like tight end six. He had over 1,000 yards. Yeah, He would have like his, you know – Seven to eight point games, but the first two weeks, trash, absolute garbage, and absolute garbage for where you drafted Kyle Pitts because it had to be third or fourth round, depending on the size of your league. Week three, promising. Yeah, he's. It's... I'm hitting the panic button because he doesn't have a touchdown on American soil. Yeah, I'm in the panic button because he's well, he was drafted up there and he is not delivering anything close to where he should be. Except this past week, 11 points is great, but, but we one out of three more. weeks like that is uh, we need 15. Po- this guy is and, need more. And the video of Matthew Berry like going off on a tangent about Kyle Pitts. Like, how do you draft a guy who a generational talent based on what he did in college and his combine? And where you drafted him in real life, where the Falcons drafted him, how do you not get him more involved? I would be like running, like how the Panthers used to run like every play through Christian McCaffrey. I would be doing that with Kyle Pitts. Like, I feel like good things are going to happen when you put the ball in his hands. And instead, it's Cordero Patterson. (laughs) It's Drake London. It's Marcus Mariota. It's everybody but Kyle Pitts. And uh, it's it's it sucks. It sucks because according to Susan's book of tight ends, mm. chapter two says the second year <laughs> is the breakout year, and so far it's been anything but panic. Yeah, I agree. Kyle Pitts reminds me of a special player that I had to deal with last year, and who is kind of doing the same thing this year. That's Mike Williams, mm. where it's like, you know, like you're kind of afraid to go against him because you know what he can do, but there's a really good chance he does absolute dog shit. <laughs> he does nothing. And that's what that's what Kyle Pitt's story has been for some reason. They're just not scheming him the ball, I guess. It sucks, but, I mean, we can't change that, so you got you to gotta panic, I think. Speaking of doing absolute dog shit, this next wide receiver, I am mashing the panic button because he is on a team that is supposed to have a uh, number one overall drafted running back, and even he's sucking because the quarterback sucks, and he can't do anything about it. It's DJ Moore. Oh. DJ Moore, 53rd 
wide receiver in standard, 61 in PPR. Week one, three receptions, six targets. He played 100% of snaps and got 43 yards. Yeah. Week two against the Giants, same stat line, three receptions on six targets for 43 yards. Catches a touchdown. Okay, DJ Moore, here we go. And then in a game where you're kicking the crap out of New Orleans, DJ Moore, one reception for two yards, two points. We know DJ Moore is what he is. He's a wide receiver too, okay? He's not a wide receiver fucking six. And that is panicking. I am afraid to own anybody on this Carolina Panthers team. That includes Christian McCaffrey. From where you drafted Christian McCaffrey, you're looking at yourself like, why the fuck did I not draft Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen one and two? Because, I mean, I know. it's weird because the studs really aren't performing yet. It's been three weeks. Derrick Henry was going to be on this list, but he had a great week three, and he came back in the form. But with Carolina, I don't trust anybody on a weekly basis. Like I said, I, I guess McCaffrey's got that, that low floor of, you know, nine, ten points. And then if he gets the end zone, fine. But they're not even looking at him in the passing game. And that's how he got half of his points all the time. Yeah, Baker Mayfield has been the Ass. complete opposite of what I thought he'd do for this team. I thought everything would be better. DJ Moore, McCaffrey. It's been worse. Been the case at all. It's been worse. The team has Have been looking seen- good. Have you seen um, Toy Story 4? No. Sorry. There's a meme. So uh, Toy Story 4, there's, there's like he goes to a school and there's a like a fork. It's like a spork that has like a face on it. And then you know how the toys come to life, obviously. Yeah. And he got thrown away. That's fork and Woody was there with him. And then Forky's the toy's name. He hugs Woody. He goes, he goes, you're just like me. He goes, trash. And I saw a meme, <laughs> and it was like Sam Donald to Baker Mayfield with Woody and Forky's picture. And you're just like me, trash. Long story short, great Jimmy's- movie, great movie franchise, Toy Story, bad football franchise, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, give me Sam Donald. It took um, let's see. It took till week nine last year for DJ Moore to score six points or less than seven. So just to show you that he is a lot better than this. Um, Last year, he finished a wide receiver too. But right now, he's like a wide receiver four, maybe a low end three. Like this is not promising. And the fact you have Baker Mayfield being like the new guy this year you can't help but think that's the reason and you have no reason to think it's going to get any better because he's still there. So I'm panicking as well. Um, Last but not least, Susan, I got something to say. You're right. Okay. You're right. And I'm sorry. You're right about Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, 
Ezekiel Elliott through three games uh, RB 30 in standard, RB 38 in PPR. And I'm looking at his history in years prior, and they're all pretty much top 10, but this might be the year where he doesn't finish top 10. It's game log through the first three weeks. So what's killing him is week one, I give him a pass because the whole team played like shit against Tampa Bay. And then Tampa Bay is a great run defense as it is. He still averaged 5.2 yards per carry. He gave him the ball 10 times. He only had one catch for negative three yards. He's not catching the ball as much as he was before. Week two against Cincinnati has 15, 15 attempts for 53 yards. Um, again, not that bad. Only one catch, negative four yards. So he's going backwards when he catches the ball. Last week, his best week of the season so far, 15 attempts, 73 yards. Falls in the end zone for a touchdown. Finishes with 14 fantasy points. Zeus facing me. Oh, that's right. Um, I didn't think. One, I didn't think the Cowboys offense would be that bad in week one. Didn't think they would be that bad in week two. I thought there would be a lot more goal line opportunities for the Dallas Cowboys, which is where Zeke feasted last year. Two, I also didn't anticipate the usage of Tony Pollard and how they're using him more and how they're using both of them on the field more. And I feel like a lot of times when Tony Pollard's on the field, he's getting the ball. Um, I think the only mm-hmm. way Zeke matches the value of where he gets drafted, it's going to be touchdown production. That's it. Because I, I, the way he's not catching the ball, that's not helping him at all. So it's all coming rushing. And right. I think those, I think those days of Zeke getting 20 attempts and going over a hundred yards are over. Although, like I said, he's not rushing the ball bad this year. His yards per carry is good. He's just not getting the opportunities. Week one, 50, 58% snap percentage. Week two, 67. Week three, 64. Where you're drafting him or drafted him is apparently justified. I thought it was going to be a lot better because I thought the Cowboys were going to score more. Um, yeah. But I'm in the pa- panic button. Yeah, me too. Pollard is ranked ahead of him. He had a great last couple of weeks. He's been electric running the ball too. He had a really nice breakaway last night. Yeah, last night. Almost scored. It's like a 40-yard scamper. And I don't know what it is either. I mean, because Zeke does look fine when he runs the ball, but it's uh I mean, he had 15 carries. I think anything 15 and up is is fine for uh, for a workload. Like I said, you'll um, live with him getting 14 points every week, but like I said, he's not gonna he's not gonna pass 100 yards. I, I, I getting 15 carries, and he has to score a touchdown. Yeah, or else and, he's gonna uh, continue to get less than 10. And a big thing is uh, is the receptions too. One reception in They're each game. There. He had okay. uh, he had seven by this time last year. He has three right now, so it's like worse than half. His receiving production is less than half of last year. Right. Um, that'll do it. We hit the panic button on these dudes. Um, it's tough. 
It's tough to get rid of your studs. If you're thinking about trading them, please try not to think with your heart, but think with your mind as well and try to get the most return you can for these studs because you know what they can do. That's always a good trade point in talking with them. Right. Uh, moving on. Let's go to the pigskin pickles. Pigskin pickles. Pigskin pickles. Currently in sixth place. Tebow, 1995, is running away with it with a three-game lead. I'm in second. Right. Tied with Applebee's two for 20. That's correct. Damn it. All right, so we're going to make our picks for week three here. And week three, we start with a Thursday night game with the 3-0 Miami Dolphins heading into Cincinnati to face the Bengals. The jig is up, okay? This is where the Dolphins lose. This is where the Bengals get back to form. They get back to 500, and it's going to be a big win against Miami at home. If this was in Miami, I would say, whoa, wait a second. It's still hot down there because at this point, it will still be September. Once that calendar flicks to October, it's going to get a little cooler. Team's going to be playing a little better in Miami. I'm picking the Bengals. Um. Oof. Uh, plus, I don't, know, think, I don't know if Tua's going to play. Yeah, we don't know. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. They, they looked pretty good last week. Finally looked like they got their shit together. It was the Jets, but um, believe in Joe. Believe in Joe. Uh, moving on. Sunday morning, we touched down in London town as the Minnesota Vikings are traveling to the New Orleans Saints, even though they're going to London, not New Orleans. The two and one Vikings trying to get Justin Jefferson back on track. They're going to beat the Saints. I'm going to say yes. I yeah. think, Justin, I think yeah. Justin Jefferson puts on a show for the London people. And they're going to be like, that's our guy, Justin <laughs> Jefferson. I agree. Vikings. Um, then at 1 o'clock, we got the Cleveland Browns. They're 2-1. The big win last Thursday night over the Steelers. Traveling to Atlanta to face the Falcons at 1-2. and two. I'm picking the Browns because Jacoby Brissett looks good. Amari Cooper looks good. Yeah, what the hell? Nick Chubb looks fantastic. And looks like you should have drafted him top five. You're in the Browns. I'll pick the Browns as well. All right, stop copying me. Okay. And then Sunday at 1 o'clock, you got the Washington Commanders coming off a doo-doo poopy loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. And they think things are just going to get better going into Dallas. Going up against Cooper Rush's Cowboys? I don't think so. I mean, Cowboys. It's funny, Sousa, because as bad as the commanders are, Antonio Gibson always finds a way to stumble into the end zone to ensure that I get my two for 20 at Applebee's. <laughs> I know. 
I'm going to go with the commanders in this one. Here we fucking go, dude. I don't, you why? said not to copy you. Right. Is that the only reason why? No, but I just feel like it's too... These picks have been a little too easy. I felt like the Falcons might have been the right pick in the last one. Now I feel like I should go... You know what? I'll pick the Cowboys and I'm going to pick the Falcons. Switch to my last pick. All right. Makes more sense. Seattle Seahawks is traveling to the Detroit Lions. Who's a, oh, what a bad loss to the Lions last week. They had it the whole game and they choked it away. That's how it what works. They do best. Um, I'm in raw to hobble the ankle. I think Jared Gino. Goff's to what do I know? What I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what Gino. Thinking. Oh, Gino, yeah, even the Lions at home, same. Uh, Tennessee Titans are one and two traveling to the cultural one, one, and one after picking up a huge victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry. (sighs) Michael Pittman. Traylon Burks. Colts. Colts. I'm picking the Colts at home, too. They beat the Chiefs. They could beat the Titans. Yeah, they could. Uh, Chicago Bears two and one. They're traveling to New York to face the Giants, who are also two and one after losing to Dallas on Monday night. Bears are two and one. I don't know how that happened. They won one game in a monsoon, and then they, won they beat the last. Then they week. beat the Texans. Yeah. Um. Oh man. I'm gonna pick Both the these... Bears because Khalil Herbert's gonna play, and Both he's the these best. Teams suck ass. Yeah, Khalil Herbert is the best. I'm picking the Bears, too. <laughs> he is the best. It was like, fuck Saquon, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Saquon didn't get 29 points last week. So. That's true. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are 2-1. Arguably should be 3-0. and And they're going to Philadelphia to face the Eagles. This is Doug Peterson revenge game. Yeah, it is. And he's been making a difference in there. Um if this was in Jacksonville, I think I'd give it to the Jaguars, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm picking the Jags. If they can beat the Chargers, they can beat the Eagles. Injured Herbert and no Keenan Allen, though. I don't give a fuck, okay? The Eagles need to be humbled a little bit. They need to be humbled. And Jacksonville is the right team to do it. This is where Jacksonville shows their nuts a little bit. And they're like, oh, hey, guys, we're here. We're for real. Just Jaguar balls dangling. Uh, New York Jets are a bad football team, and they're about to face an equally bad football team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. In Pittsburgh, at Heinz Field. I heard this could be the week Zach Wilson comes back, but I haven't seen anything yet. I don't think it's going to matter. Taking the Steelers at home. Me too. This is a good one. This is a good one because the Buffalo Bills are pissed off. They lost in Miami. And now they got to go face the hottest quarterback in the league in Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I mean, it's tough. I'm going to pick the Ravens. I don't think the Bills lose two in a row. 
I'm picking the Bills. Picking the Bills. I think Lamar. Uh, I need him. I need him to kind of get put in check this week. And I think if anyone's going to do it, it's got to be the Bills defense. So, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers travel to Houston, who are 0 2 and 1. Chargers. Picking the Chargers. Then at four o'clock, you got the Arizona Cardinals, who are 1 and 2, traveling to Carolina to face the Panthers. I think this is the get right game for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Yeah, and the Panthers suck. Ass. And the Panthers are bad. And then Sunday, you got the Patriots traveling to Lambeau Field. The Packers, Mac Jones is going to play now. Even if he did play, they don't got a fucking chance. No, that was easy. And then we got the two and one team that doesn't deserve to be two and one, Denver Broncos. They should be zero and three against the other zero and three. I'll pick the Raiders in this one. You pick the Raiders? Yeah. Uh, I'm picking the Raiders too. Uh, I thought this is Russell's get right game, though. Uh, Raiders ain't gonna matter. <laughs> okay. Uh, better mean Devontae Adams goes off. Yeah. Uh, Sunday Night Football. We got Chiefs. the Kansas City Chiefs going into Tampa to face the Buccaneers, and you're picking the Chiefs? I you, uh, you do realize I felt like Texas Craig on Sunday so bad saying, you know who the Chiefs could use? A guy like Tyree Kill. That's who they really could have used last week against the Colts. Um, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pick against Tom at home. I am. Give me the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, defense is better. They're getting Mike Evans back. They're getting Julio probably back too. And the Chiefs still have Juju Smith Schuster, a super athlete, and fucking Sky Moore. Uh, but Kelsey, though. Kelsey, though, gonna... dro- dropped the touchdown that would have won them the game. Oh, I didn't I'll see that. that. Yeah. Um, and would that have won Friar of the Week? Uh, His defense got like minus one, though. Maybe not. Um, This is going to be the game on prime time. So everyone's watching. And everyone's going to see this as shit. Tom Brady had the chance after stomping down the Chiefs and and winning the Super Bowl, too. That was his chance to to leave. Like, uh, well, not that was all in the same year. Um, I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that there was that game years ago, remember, where like, oh, Brady's going to pass the torch down to, to Mahomes, but he didn't because Brady beat him. Yeah, and then the he Super got. Bowl. What? In the Super Bowl? Was that the Super Bowl? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was like going back to the Patriots or not. Well, Pat's never beat him in the playoffs. My mind is screwed up. So anyway, okay. So I was, I was, I was initially right. It's gonna be the game where people are gonna be like, "Wow, Brady had his chance to to ride out into the sunset on top after stomping Mahomes, winning another Super Bowl on another team." 
should have retired. And now he's going to have to fall back. He's going to have to get his ass kicked by Mahomes. He's going to say, shit, do I have to pass the torch now? I didn't think I was going to. Gomes said, did they say I was offside? Was I? <laughs> was I? They said I was offside. <laughs> was I? So, oh, yeah. If there was ever a moment of punching team in the throat, it would have been that moment. That's a long-winded way of saying the Chiefs are going to win and Brady's going to be like, ah, shit. Nah. Nah, this is time to get right game. And Craig's going to be like, oh, man, this sucks because the Chiefs are losing, but I got Brady. <laughs> and fantasy, and he's probably going to be three and one. Uh, win, he'll probably win like 75 to 62 this week. And Brady will get half his points. <laughs> so, he hasn't scored over 90 yet. Yeah. He's I almost did. And I finally did this week. So my team's trending up. And uh, see what happens. And then on Monday night, we have an NFC West matchup as the LA Rams travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers. I didn't like what I saw from Jimmy G and the Niners on Sunday night in Denver, but they're at home. Yeah. And this is a division game. Yeah, I, I, you know, the 49ers can show up in big games sometimes. And I feel like this is going to be one of those times I'm picking the 49ers. Yeah. See, the, Debo, the thing, Jeff, Ayuk. <laughs> yeah, but the thing you're forgetting is that the 49ers don't have Cooper Cup. And the Rams do. And the, the amount of points that will be scored in the Rams 49 is going to be 69. So, e. Debo. That's Cooper does Cup. Cooper Cup play running went, back, though? Yeah, apparently he does because he got a rushing he touchdown this past week. Shit. I fucking, dude. I was right. so tired. I was off 45 minutes of sleep Saturday night going to Sunday. Caught an early flight. Came back just before the 1 o'clock games. So I was like, I'll watch the ones to see how we're doing. And the 1 o'clock didn't really go too great. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap. And I fucking slept through the 4 o'clock games. Woke up about like midway second quarter of the 8 o'clock games. And I was like, oh, Cooper Cup, man. He didn't really he didn't completely fucked me. Oh, we get a rushing touchdown. Oh, because of course he fucking would. Because yeah. everybody on Amaral's team had to get a touchdown. Cup, fucking Harris, Zeke. Even Zeke gets a touchdown against me. Mm-hmm. Fucking, uh, who else did he have that got a touchdown? DK Metcalf. Give me a fucking break. His first touchdown of the year. Oh, so aggravating. Meanwhile, this dude, Russell Wilson, struggling not to go three and out for the sixth straight drive. Yeah. Oh, man. And then to top it all off, when I saw Melvin Gordon walk in the end zone, I was like, that's just that's just how it is. That's just how it fucking is. Not Javante, not Russ. The one fucking guy I didn't have, and now I got him. And now I'm starting him. So help, so help me God. If they do a fullback sneak with Quentin Beck, I will toss his laptop against this wall, <laughs> and you won't see me. Never. Again. Oh, man. Well, I'm just, I just checked the Eliminator Challenge, and I am eliminated. What'd you pick? I picked the Chargers over the Jaguars. Uh, I don't know who's in this. It says there's four <laughs> people. It says three have been eliminated. One is surviving. Hey, one's left, and I but I don't see a list of names though, so I have Mason. no idea. I think I think the only four of it was you, me, Mason, and Craig. So you got some Mason. You won something this week. You know, Craig got eliminated. Yeah, we both got eliminated week one. When we picked the Broncos oh, over the. Good job, Mason. Seahawks. Um, 
too funny. Sizzle hot takes are brought to you by Dur Burger. Sizzle on the burgers are good. Dur. Dur. My sizzling hot take for uh, week four is exactly what I said was going to happen earlier. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to show their nuts to the Eagles. When you put an eagle, like you think about the actual bird, if you put that next to a jaguar, doesn't stand a chance. Are you kidding me? And 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 some some jerk offs probably saying at home, well, the eagle just fly away. Fly eagles fly. <laughs> no. no, can't fly away this time. I'll fly away this that'd time. That'd be a, that'd be similar to forfeiting, right? So you got to fight. You got to fight, and the jaguar is going to come get you this week. He's going to come clip your wings, mm-hmm. and then you got the most motivational quarterback in the league, Trevor Lawrence, leading the pack. James Robinson. Looking like steal of the year. It's possible. He's that guy. And then you got Christian Kirk. You got Zay Jones all of a sudden. I mean, Jaguars. Good time to be Brendan this year. Yeah. Good thing he stayed, He stuck with the Jaguars and didn't hop to the Patriots and then a no, no fan of any team and now back with the Jaguars. He, uh, Good time to be Brendan. My pick is going to be that Debo is going to go off and lead the 49ers to a victory by getting a minimum of 30 fantasy points. That's going to include a lot of rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, a lot of receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. He's going to go ham. That's hot. It's Debo time. I like Debo. Me too. You know what else I like? What? I like winning in fantasy. Yeah. I like, I like beating Panacho even more. And I got a chance to do both this week. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's good. It's a good matchup. It's not. But now Mason's got COVID, so probably not going to be able to. Uh... He said we, we they were gonna, most likely going to be two weeks off last week and this week. Because um, I thought he said he was like guaranteed to be in New York this weekend. But then I don't understand why we can't go over there if he's not there. <laughs> New York? No. Oh, wait, Mason's what? parents' house. Oh, okay. Who well, cares yeah. if he's not going to be there? I, I don't go there for him. I, I go there for his TV and his mom's food. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> if you ask his parents, they're probably like, sure, come on in. Maybe. Um, but I'll probably get together with Panacho. I told him this weekend to watch the game. So are you going to be around? This Sunday? Yeah. Probably not. Probably so because not. I thought, like like I said, he said that we weren't going to do it the next couple of weeks. So I had plans this past week too, which kind of made worked out because I had uh, Haley's sister's uh, engagement party this Sunday. So it was kind of good that we weren't over there. Yeah, I would have fell asleep right on the fucking couch. If I went that there. too. Yeah. I, I got back and Chelsea was leaving. I was like, give him, give him my best. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Um, that'll do you. Two man podcast this week. What do you think? Eh, I miss Mason. Yeah, I kind of wanted to hear him be salty. 
it's not every day you lose when you start Mark Andrews and Matt Collins. Yeah, I, I also about the Patriots too because I that was a game that I did watch mostly because it was on at the party I was at. A lot of people were watching it, and I'm sure he would have had something to say about the Pats because they had a couple real chances to like take that lead with little time left. They did, and Mac throws a garbage uh, interception in the end zone, and then. Aguilar, after a great reception, fumbles it away when they were only down like four or five on those drives. And then got out of hand because they kept coughing it over. You think think the Patriots had a chance? Yeah, absolutely. If they had scored on both of those drives where they turned it over, they would have been up by like over more than a score. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. That's what I'm saying. You know? All right, week four is here. October's coming. Season's almost over, so enjoy it while it lasts. Yes. Anything else? Nope. All right, have a good week, sir. See you in fucking two months, because it looks like we're never going back to Mason. <laughs> you too. Good luck this week. Thanks, man. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. That's what you said. Bye-bye. Thank you. I know. I thought about it. Shit.